Welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today we are going to talk about the 2001 DreamWorks movie Shrek. My name is Sarah. I'm the mom of a five-year-old boy. And I am Briar, and I am the mom of a, god, 19 now, young lady, I hate you, and nine-year-old boy, three-year-old boy, this was right up their alley, I must say, like... So and it's not like they hadn't seen it before, but when we watched it, they were here for the watching of it. Yeah. So we had just watched this as a family not that long ago, like maybe a month or so ago, um, on one of our pizza and movie nights. And I think that was the first time my son had seen it, and he seemed to be like, all right with it. It's not like one of his favorite movies. It's not a movie he's come back to, like, at all. Um, but we... Um, <laughs> me personally I remember so this movie was 2001 so I was like a freshman in college um I remember this movie being like noteworthy because it so like it did such a good job of walking that line between adult humor and child humor Mm-hmm. That like as you know a twenty year old I was like oh this is this is awesome this is the kind of stuff I'm gonna want to watch when I have kids someday this is a great movie I'm gonna watch this a bunch of times and I probably did but then I went to go watch it this time and I was like I don't really like this movie <laughs> <laughs> and part of it for me was the animation style was really off putting. Um, we kind of talked about this when we talked about The Incredibles, but this kind of hit like a little, it hit a little different. Like I could see like they, where they were trying to go as realistic as possible with it. Um, so like the textures, like they put a real effort into making those realistic, but they like the technology wasn't there yet. But then like the movements of the actual characters and things were like, also not there yet i don't know maybe it's because now i sit and critique movies but like (laughs) well and i think that's fair because i really struggled with it (laughs) like so my second walkthrough is on my little tiny tablet yeah where on my little tiny tablet this still looks pretty good on my big tv with popcorn it looks less good but it's funny and the boys like it so we all overlook it But it does not, it hasn't particularly aged well, and it's just because it's not quite right. It's close. Mm -hmm. And they did a weird thing, like, because, like, I swear to God, with all of these characters, you can see, I mean, I I don't want to say the Donkey looks like Eddie Murphy, but in fact, Donkey looks like Eddie Murphy, and Shrek looks like Mike, and they did something in the animation to bring forth certain character traits, I think, of the actors, and I think if they were to do that now, it'd, it'd probably be pretty cool. 
Right. But... So originally this movie was supposed to be a like hybrid of computer animation and mm-hmm. real life. But like when they went through the whole process, nobody liked it. Like they in nineteen ninety seven apparently they actually did like a test reel with that and nobody liked it. So it got scrapped and went completely computer animated. Um so I can kind of so see like where Roger that was Rabbit like. Style. I'm not sure if it was like because compl- it seemed like more from the brief reading I did about it, it seemed like more they were going to do animated on real um, backgrounds. So uh, the okay. sets were going to be real, and the animation was going to like the characters were still going to be animated. I don't know. I didn't completely understand it. That's just the impression I got. Not necessarily like a Roger Rabbit interacting with. Uh-huh. Um, live actions with eh, i I don't know no i could see where like that so that design style they were kind of like stuck in that frame of mind and that's what they tried to bring through i just i did not like it i didn't like it it's not my favorite (laughs) but um no so as a comparison, this movie was the first ever Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. It won against Monsters, Inc. and Jimmy Neutron. So I can specifically remember the thing with Pixar has always been that they will develop a new technology and then like challenge themselves with it with a film. So that's where you get like Monsters, Inc. because that's when they finally figured out the dynamics of hair animating hair um well fur but then you get brave because that's when they finally figured out the dynamics of animating human hair and like the physics of it and everything and that's why merida's mane is what it is um so that's a a little factoid that i've not heard before but it makes a lot of sense and that's why there's so few that's why the human characters in Toy Story are, like, so little of the plot. Because, like, mm-hmm. they knew that they didn't have um, human. human animation down yet. So, I so feel like... So much less of a conspiracy than <laughs> the Pixar conspiracy. Yeah. But now that I've heard this, so... I'm like, oh, that's right. That's right. Thank and you. And I want to say it's something frozen was something about like water dynamics that they had figured out. Um, I mean, I'm sure you could, we could totally like dig into this for With something. Frozen some point. too. That certainly, yeah. I fucking buy that. I so, mean, there's that's some of that shit is a work of art. Right. So I think that that, um, that's where the, the difference between those two animation studios comes in. Um, it almost feels to me like DreamWorks is always focused a little bit more on the story and the comedy of the story and trying to hit at that um, comedic level that goes over kids' heads but stays under, um, you know, stays funny for adults and entertaining for adults, whereas Pixar Disney is working more on the technology side of those things. So their films are more visually appealing maybe versus like more entertaining for adults. And, and kids on the DreamWorks side. Yeah, we'll get to it. But I, I think DreamWorks really skirts the line in a lot of places mm-hmm. where I am now, as a parent, mm-hmm. far more uncomfortable with some of these scenes and sequences for my children. Right. Right. 
And I so. can sort of remember Eddie Murphy being like not a controversial choice because like obviously they weren't going to like let him be full Eddie Murphy in this, but like more of like a choice where people were like, "Oh, really? Eddie Murphy? Huh? That's interesting." You know, <laughs> like that <laughs> kind of thing. Like, let's see where they do with this. Well, and let's be honest, I think he is probably one of the best parts of this movie. I agree. Yep, I agree. So, when it was originally done, and because it took so long to film from start to finish, Shrek was not initially going to be played by Mike Myers. It was, in fact, Chris Farley. And I think it's worth discussing whether or not this movie would have been better with Farley. No disrespect to Mike Myers at all. But would this movie have been better with Chris Farley? I don't really know because I feel like the Scottish-accented Shrek that Mike Myers brings to the table is so much a part of this character that, oh, like, yeah. I can't... It's difficult to fathom it without it, that's yeah. for sure. Because it's not like it's just Mike Myers being Mike Myers. Like, right. he went full-on character with this. But there's also... Farley had... I don't know, this personability about him where you genuinely rooted for him and for his characters. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of openness probably would have translated to green somehow. And I think it might have made Shrek a little more likable, which, I mean, he's an ogre. But I think he's supposed to be a little bit likable, right? Right. I think I would buy the um, Shrek and Fiona relationship more if it was maybe the take by Chris Farley. Um, I think he would have made him a little bit more um, lovable oaf, Mm -hmm. I guess, is a good way to put that. I think that's that's exactly it. Mike Myers... um, his portrayal comes across more as, like, the above-it-all intellectual, I guess, you know? (laughs) Like, if we're going to get into tropes. I wouldn't call it intellectual, but But if you're going to get into, like, the tropey side of this, he's more of, like, the, um, oh, what's another good example of, like, the the character that thinks that they are happy to be on their own and oh yeah I know it's there I just can't think of anything off the top of my head like I'm trying to think of it in like rom-com you know oh okay so like I'm sure it's been I know and why can't I get it like I just can't um oh gross point blank okay yeah like he's can he's like the opposite of no man is an island, right? <laughs> like the guy who thinks he's happy to be on his own and mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, you're right. It would have been a very different interpretation of the character for sure. And and I don't know. I think it might have translated differently. We'll never mm-hmm. know. But, yeah, it would have been interesting to see. So Chris Farley, obviously, but died before filming was completed so 
I mean, it exists out there. You can find the like some of the recorded parts of what he did. But lovable oaf. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is there anything that needs to be said about it? No. Specifically? No, it's out there if you guys want to watch it. Take a look. So, I, I'm i not going to judge better or worse at this point in time. Right, no. It, it's, cause, no. Cause because you don't. Shrek is this whole entity mm-hmm. now. Right? right, like it's well past this film. It's into several more right. of questionable taste and variety. Several more so. feature length, some holiday specials. Like it's massive. So it's it's not even a point. I, I surely do not begrudge Mike Myers for turning it into an empire. Right. Because apparently they started filming Shrek 2, or I say filming, figuring it out, doing whatever the hell you do with the beginning, early stages of animated film. They started working on Shrek 2 before the first one was even released. Oh, really? Yeah. So they had an idea that they had. Oh, I think they did. I think they did. So, okay. This one, do we really need to do a whole lot of cast here? I feel like... This is a noteworthy cast and that all these people are pretty noteworthy. <laughs> I mean, right? Chris Farley, Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz, John Lithgow. Um, yeah. I mean, I always found it interesting how closely... Lord Farquaad resembled the character of Prince Humperdinck in The Princess Bride. I don't think that was an accident. No, I don't think so. That's about it there. Just a shorter version of Humperdinck. (laughs) I love what Eddie Murphy has to say about him and um, uh, Bill Cosby. (laughs) It's okay. So this is from when Eddie Murphy hosted SNL in December of 2019. And uh, his opening monologue, he said, My kids are pretty much my whole life now, but if you would have told me 30 years ago that I would be this boring stay at home house dad and Bill Cosby would be in jail, even I would have taken that bet. <laughs> <laughs> because that was so, like, they, they were like antitheses of black male comedians, right? <clears throat> like, they were, like, Oh, Eddie Murphy was always trouble. Yeah. we talked, I mean, we talked about Eddie Murphy, what was it, last show? When you were, when we were going over uh, mm. the Nutty Professor? Right, right, yeah. Which was actually, because I wanted to look and see, that was actually, um, oh, I was just looking at it. When is it? So the Nutty Professor was... In 1996, so it would have Uh been... So it was before, obviously. So The Nighty Professor was 1996. So they started the production on this in, like, 1997 or whatever it said, even though it didn't come out until 2001. Uh But that is so not an appropriate movie for your kids. Don't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just say that one over and over and over again until it sticks, I think. But he did do Mulan and Dr. Doolittle. Uh Uh-huh. Before this came out. 
Oh, to get himself so well. I mean, we're we're never ever gonna review Mulan because I just we're never reviewing Mulan. But it was like that was kind of like the turning point in his career. <clears throat> That's when he went from things like Beverly Hills Cop into things like The Nutty Professor and Doctor Doolittle. Because then after that, you have the multiple Nutty Professors, the multiple Doctor Doolittles. Um, Daddy Daycare, he did the Haunted Mansion. I kind of miss old Eddie. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I think that that's almost like a natural progression for a lot of like actors when they have kids of their own. They want to make movies that their kids can see, right? Like we've heard that so many times from actors who decided to do voice work. Like they wanted to watch, they wanted to make a movie that their kids could watch, right? Uh-huh. No, it just seems like that's what Eddie started doing exclusively. That's yeah. all. That's all. No then, more Harlem Nights. Right. I just, I feel like we could have used a few more of those from him. <laughs> that's all. But for once, I don't actually think we have a whole lot of negatives for this particular cast, which is, you know, except for the one who killed himself with an overdose mm-hmm. like the rest of them as far as we know aren't running children underground right to- and like i mean i think to an extent we've covered this that like whole aspect of like when actors become problematic how do you treat like the works they do and mm-hmm. especially the works they do that your children are consuming I mean, we've covered that extensively at this point. So I would even say, like, unless something major and new comes up, <laughs> we're just going to gloss over it from now on because really... it gets depressing to keep talking about <laughs> it. Like, really, right? Like, it's just, it, what more can we say, you know? Actors are terrible people. That's really... Humans that's... are infallible. There you know? we go. Like, but... But there is some, I don't know, responsibility. Oh, sure. Actors, because I think they are supposed to be role models. I wouldn't right. say that they are. Right. But they are certainly supposed to be. They certainly try and hold themselves up as right. role models. So we're in sticky territory when they then go and do terrible fucking things. Right. But right. this cast. At seems least. fine. It's I think fine. if they made seems a Sh- fine. I think if they made a Shrek movie <clears throat> tomorrow, these people would all be back. Well, yeah, it's probably like <laughs> like we're not getting we're not getting any replacements like in Secret Life of Pets. No, and they do keep making them. It mm-hmm. does seem so <laughs> like, and we've yeah. added in characters too. Like yeah. Julie Andrews has been in a bunch since, and mm-hmm. right, like so it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I will say Jim Cummings, um, notable voice actor who we've talked about many times before. Probably knows most notably in The Lion King because he replaced. Jeremy Irons for the singing voice of Scar midway through. Be prepared when he busted his voice. Oh, that's um, right. That's but more known Winnie as Tigger and Winnie the Pooh, yeah. But oh, and the Tasmanian Devil too, which I did not know. 
I, I imagine if we went through this, it'd just be a long list of... Yeah, oh, it is. I'm sure. But Captain of the Guards, which was fun. Okay. So, I'll be honest. The start of this movie makes me gag every fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) Ogre food is gross and disgusting. And my children are just wrapped. Yes. Oh, yeah. Gross, disgusting food could be like a topic of conversation on its own. Like the depiction of food in kids' movies and how often it's depicted as like gross out, disgusting food, right? Why? And I don't understand why. Because <laughs> kids love it. They love slime and ugh. Gross. No, no. They don't. No. They love bodily functions and poop jokes and farts. Kids well, love all that stuff. Some of them do, yes. There's like literal whole, ty- like whole lines of toys developed around rainbow colored poop. You know, sometimes (laughs) I'm thankful my children are neurodivergent (laughs) because while I have to deal with actual poop smearing, I do not have to deal with rainbow poop toys. But yeah, so, kids, love, I guess, kids love bodily functions. They love gross out stuff. Yeah, mine are all pretty. No, ooh, it's slimy. Don't touch it. <laughs> uh, no, I don't want to touch it. It's slimy. I can't eat that. It's slimy. No, it's gross. It's slimy. <laughs> so, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but they still, you're right. Like, the depictions of it. Like, oh Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, God, I remember those fucking things. And then there's, like, now there's, like, the um, the opposite of Shopkins is, like, the grocery gang or whatever. And it's all, like, gross things. I think that will always be a... A type of toy. of childhood? Yeah. yeah. Probably. Gross. Yeah. Probably. Gross things. Gross. Gross! <laughs> and the, that's, like, foundational for this yeah. whole fucking film. Like, right. there's so many points where I just... I literally, when I was watching on my tablet, I had to pause it and go, all right, I need to do something else for five <laughs> minutes because gross! I was more grossed out by the way that everything looked, but... Um, like Uncanny Valley grossed out. Yes. But um, my favorite is when they make the balloon animals. Right. Out of the snake the and snake the frog. The snake and the frog. And then they just let them go. Yeah. And they're just floating <laughs> off in the, like, poor things. <laughs> poor things. So, again, this is like a travel log, right? Like a... It seems like most of the best ones are, no? Mm -hmm. They're all travelogues. Yeah, it's a journey. A hero's journey. An actual hero's journey. An actual hero's journey, which is more or less we get the narration at the beginning before we then use the narration to wipe our asses. (laughs) Like, so much of this movie is inappropriate for children. 
inappropriate for children, but so on their level. Oh, yeah. Like, I, this is... It's it's not a surprise that this movie was a success. No, it, it's not. And I can't I can't say that I'm not going to let my kids watch it without me either. Like, because they will. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. But it's just... <laughs> yeah. So, okay, we got the intro sequence with... Oh, can we, before we go too much farther... Discuss how this movie appears to be the one that created the pop star animated song crossover, Ugh. which now haunts yes. my every as nightmare. Started, uh, as soon as the somebody once told me, oh, I Jesus was like, oh, Christ. I forgot Stop. there was a Smash Mouth song in this movie. <laughs> my god how of the time but how dated come on smash mouth who what why and like so my nine-year-old all right so this is a story have i told you this story i don't think i've told you this story (laughs) i recently bestowed a spotify playlist login to my nine-year-old which would all be fine and dandy Except that he has some pretty fucking questionable taste. <laughs> and there's, so, there's Smash Mouth. And there's American Authors. And in there, there I, I also, just because, just of course there is Rick Astley. <laughs> <laughs> And I, oh, because he plays them in order, too. So I always know when I'm, when the Rick rolling is coming, right? Like, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't even get away from it. He plays them in order, so I know, okay, after this song, I'm gonna have to put up with Never Give You Up. <laughs> oh, oh. This is just such an awful song. Like, if I can think of awful songs... This is right this up is there, there with this being Rickrolled. Like, this is up there with um, Nickelback. Oh, yeah. Like, all of Nickelback. All and of I, Nickelback. And I hear it, and I just, like, my skin crawls. <laughs> because there's a difference between, like, cheesy popular music and awful music. And for me, a lot of that comes from, like, having been a fan of, like, punk and pop punk Mm -hmm. and stuff. It comes from that insistence by people that these awful songs are that genre sometimes. And the offense that that makes me feel. (laughs) Right. Like, it wasn't my genre, but... Trust me, as a, like, grunge-adjacent yeah. over here, right? I can feel you on what things became mainstream. Yeah. And you went, that's fantastic. I'm glad you like Marilyn Manson. But we didn't actually like him before, <laughs> right. and you can right. have him. So... And then, like, when you see things like Smash Mouth performing 
a COVID concert and you're just like, yeah, no, no, you're like the worst of the worst right now. All right. You actually, you took the time to link this so that you could bring it up. Yeah. But I didn't read it. And they had a they, they had a COVID concert? Yeah, they performed at Sturgis, I believe, right? Oh. Yeah, they performed at Sturgis. I heard that Sturgis had gone on this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's smart. But they're apparently now receiving lots and lots of hand, like hate fan mail. Wow. Oh. Deservedly so, I would say. Deservedly so. <laughs> like you, like sorry, Smash Mouth. You like you are terrible. I don't like your music. But whatever, live your life. And now I just don't want anything to do. like. I actually despise you now. I. This is a really, it's a really rough time to not take an appropriate political stance, mm-hmm. and. I think that you can absolutely not be super political in your business, but at this point in time, not being political in your business is as good as taking a political stance. Mm-hmm. There are no right, there, there, there's no way around it anymore. There's right. just not. We're in the middle of a literal pandemic <coughs> that has become politicized, and I'm sorry, but like... If you're performing at a concert in Sturgis right now, you are opposed to everything I believe politically right now. And vocally so, apparently. At the end of the day, I feel like it comes back to, and we're well off course here, what a shocker for us, right? <laughs> well, we but, didn't have to talk about controversial voice actors today, so, so we had to so, go somewhere with so it, So we had right? to go somewhere. Because if you, what the hell was I going to say? Because at the end of the day, what we're actually looking at is lives lost in right. numbers. It's mm-hmm. not... It's that black and white now. It's are you okay mm-hmm. with an X number of people dying for your beloved herd immunity? If you are not, well, join me over here. Mm-hmm. I'll be wearing my mask and being socially distant. And man, I I, I try really hard to look at lots of viewpoints but this one is a really tough one for me because it's mm, I don't know yeah yep so I don't know smash mouth I don't know I'm not a fan of you and maybe that's what turned me off from the beginning of this movie it was just like as soon as that song started I was like oh that's right and then we're going to have a song at the end by them, too. Well, yes and no. I mean, mostly we get the Eddie Murphy version. We only right. get the song from them if we watch all the way through the credits. Which I didn't. Which I did <laughs> The movie not. was off as soon as it got there. It's like, I'm done. Because Which I, like, again, I need to just say again that, like, 
So in the last 19 years, I've said that this was a funny movie. I love the way the comedy hits. I love that it's like at an adult level above kids' heads, but still appreciated by kids. But just something about the time that I watched it today, I was just like, ugh, I can't watch this movie. It's physically hurting me to watch it. I don't love it as much as I used to, that's for sure. Although, it's still, it's still, like, I'm still going to give it at least three and a half. We're yeah. not there yet, but, uh, like, because, man, Eddie, Eddie is special. It's so funny. It just wasn't hitting for me today. Well, nothing hits for you right now. I, I'm especially, I'm just going to blame Smash Mouth. <laughs> blame Smash Mouth. It just set the precedent. It's fine. <laughs> so, what else? Okay. But if we're going to get into things about this movie, the movie itself that don't hit well, like the torture of Genji yeah, that's, does not that's sit well tough. with me anymore. Yeah. The, um, the whole Farquaad in bed, like going through the princesses, Oh, yeah. That's a little disturbing. Well, and the initial whose bride is it anyway <laughs> kind of magic mirror sequence where we're auctioning them off literally yeah. was did not tweak me right at all yeah. this time around. I'm like, do we have to? Do we have to? I guess what makes it watchable is that Farquaad is so obviously like disgusting a black and white bad guy mm -hmm. and you can tell like Magic Mirror is uncomfortable with the situation he has to be like they have to break the other mirror in front of him to intimidate him into continuing at points right so I wonder <laughs> shades of gray are tough and yeah we film this the very day that we all found out about Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Who we will never be talking about on this show. But I have always credited Marvel films with talking about gray and mm -hmm. the shades thereof for my kids for forever. Mm -hmm. Like, and I do think think that there is a little bit of that here mm -hmm. in in a nuanced way that the younger kids aren't picking up on right but that at 12 13 teenager they're probably starting to tweak on to some of these thematic elements with the torture with farquaad being just absolutely intolerable so Maybe that's well done. It's just mm, gross. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I haven't, it's been a really long time since I've watched subsequent ones too, and I'm not sure what I remember about the, the way this continues. I still, so it's been a little while. I kind of looked at them and went, oh yeah, that's what that one's mm -hmm. about. The second one's about going home to meet the parents. Mm -hmm. The third one's the rescue of cousin Arthur or whatever. I don't remember any of these. Maybe I've never seen the subsequent ones. 
So the second one's actually not terrible. There's one with babies. Um, that's the... Shrek Ever After? Third one, okay. I think. That's the third one. Because nothing's cuter than the Donkey Dragon Babies. No, the Donkey Dragon Babies are pretty fucking adorable. <laughs> we, we won't talk about... The I'm logistics sure the inevitable logistical questions <laughs> that we've gotten as parents from that one. <laughs> Let's not, but... I think, so to completely, like, shift the conversation here, I'm always amused by how spot on the, um, the lampooning of Disney is in this movie. I just, (laughs) it's not even trying to be something it's not. Like, it's just, it is. (laughs) Well, and... They definitely get into that in the second one, too, mm-hmm. with all of the additional princesses. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, those aren't... I mean, they're not Disney princesses per se. Yeah. But we certainly think of them as Disney right. princesses. Because Din- Disney has visual ownership of them. Right. I don't know how else to explain it, but when you think of Cinderella, what? who do you think of? Right. You think of a blue dress and an updo right. blonde with glass slippers. Glass slipper. <laughs> That's what you think of. Right. When we talk about Sleeping Beauty, it's there's a possibility we can debate dress color there. Mm-hmm. But we're still debating the dress color mm-hmm. of a impossibly thin blonde woman. Yeah. Um... I love how Duloc is like it's the Magic Kingdom, like <laughs> the the song, yeah, the, the "It's a Small World" song yeah. is unquestionably one of my favorite yeah. scenes, and I love the picture of their faces, like, and then Donkey, let's do it again. And, I mean, I guess that's what really makes this movie is all, like, the side stuff. Like, mm-hmm. all the background characters and all the little, like, jabs at Disney mm-hmm. and, you know, that's well, what really And the really jabs at mythology. Because, again, they do that stuff so, so well. It's just... And I think, generally, um, you don't see that type of fleshed out, like background i guess is the best way to put it mm-hmm. you don't see that kind of fleshed out background in um animation you don't see tons and tons of fully realized background characters well and in fact i'd say that's generally the case you and i had a like our it wasn't that long but it was a long conversation about the the uh ruffians in oh yeah yeah in rapunzel because they gave them whole backstories and lives and elements of and all of that is here it's all here all of these characters have very defined distinct lives right even if we 
And I mean, it's it's you can say they took an easy way out by using like developed characters, right? Like, but but that's still. only half true because they've developed them past mm-hmm. that. Gingy may be the gingerbread man, but he is also the gingerbread man with a smart fucking mouth. No, right. like. Yeah. That is all there and evident and mm-hmm. just over and over and over again. They have fleshed these characters mm-hmm. out pretty significantly. And they do it in small little ways, and right? And this is only an hour and a half long movie. Right. It's not a long film. So they've, they've done a really remarkably good job with that. It's the, it's the wolf in Shrek's bed in the mm-hmm. beginning. Hey, sorry, man. Like, it's yeah. just... It's all so great. So, Duloc itself, though, sucks to live in Duloc. No. (laughs) Sucks to be a peasant in Duloc. So, I don't know if after Farquaad gets eaten, who becomes the actual lord of the manor? I don't remember. Do they, is it... Is it part of subsequent movies? I can't remember. I don't honestly know. Because you don't have, like, any... Is it... What? I don't know. I don't know. Somebody tell me. (laughs) Who rules Duloc now? As far as we know, no one is running Duloc. It's not (laughs) clear if the city is operating autonomously or got absorbed into a larger kingdom or what. Yeah. The only hint we ever get about Duloc's fate comes in the TV special Scared Shrekless. Okay. Jesus Christ, these people. Which, which is, I'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot of because it's Halloween season. Probably. Which is set after the events of the fourth movie, which is Shrek Forever After. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, wow. The TV special is primarily set in Duloc Castle, which is completely abandoned. There does not appear to be any Lord of Duloc, but we don't really see the town itself to know any more than that. So, like, if we consider historical peasantry... And I, okay. I, I hate to do that with, with a movie like Shrek, but, but if we're going to go there, then they would have just picked up and moved. When, when Farquaad died, they all would have gone and made themselves available as serfs for another lord. Okay, they wouldn't have just said, this is my land now? No. No, no because the, there's no, no one to pay the soldiers. And if there's no uh, one to pay no the protection. soldiers, there's no protection for the okay. village from being looted roving and pillaged by roving bands. Yes. Marauders. <laughs> and this is how the feudal system... I mean, that's a damn simplistic view of it. <laughs> but this is kind of sort of how the feudal system operated and why having a lord in those days was actually important. I'll take it. You've convinced me. Okay. They're all but, gone. It's but they're all gone. It's Duloc all fine. is abandoned. Duloc is abandoned. There's just a... <laughs> there's just the information booth playing It's a Small World over and over and over again at increasingly slow speeds. Oh, so because... creepy. <laughs> yes. That, that was the image I was going for. 
Alright. So, um, we have the contest, right? Where Shrek ends up beating up all of the soldiers. In WWE style. WWE style. My nine-year-old is very much a fan of the WWE <laughs> right now. And it is painfully difficult for me to watch. Like, I used to be a fan, and now I just, I don't know. It's its a tough one to watch. But... <laughs> WWE style. And then he goes, and they meet the dragon, who is a lovely lady. No? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, Donkey would think so. Oh, you're a girl dragon. <laughs> and then... And then they rescue Fiona? They rescue Fiona. I, I like that scene where she poses with the flowers, right? Mm -hmm. Like, gets ready for the kiss. And finds out he's an ogre. It's interesting watching her response. I don't know. I think we probably knew that Fiona was an ogre when we saw this movie the first time. Well, I, I the response there certainly is interesting. Yeah. Because if she was anything or any other princess, would not it have been to scream and go, mm -hmm. you're an ogre, mm -hmm. not, oh, Given You're the other ogre. reactions Shrek receives, right? Right, right. Which is about where we should mention that there. this was sort of, and I say very loosely sort of, based off of a book called Shrek. And really the only similarities are that is, there's an ogre named Shrek. Is, right. There, we'll, we'll link the book in the show notes, but yeah, it's... Um, <laughs> no. It doesn't seem as the story is there at all. No, they turned... Well, they 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 took the name and... Then wrote a new story. For wrote a new character. story. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. It's fine. Just don't expect it to be this story. That's all. Um... And then Shrek and Fiona fall in love. Like, we're, we're missing steps, but there's not... Uh, Is it, I, like, just montage? That yeah, it's they mostly travelogue montage okay. from... That's called an the, American montage in filmmaking, where two people fall in love over the course of a montage. I want to be offended by that but cannot be. Well, it, because it's a, a hallmark of American movie it style. It really is. You're not going to find that in, like, a Fellini film. <laughs> no Bollywood is going to do it quite like that? Oh, no. they might. They Bollywood might. might. But, like, Bollywood you know, might, but... this was developed, like, back in the days of, like, it happened one night. Casablanca. Well. Yeah, I don't know. I've never actually seen Casablanca. Anyway. It's a really long movie. Guys, I, I do have a reason to be here. Now. I have a communications degree and a film minor. Like <laughs> <laughs> All these fucking movies that you haven't seen, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not that many. No, not that many at all. <laughs> I remember 
So, for many years, I wanted to be an actor. And I acted in theater, right? Like, I was working my way there. But I remember distinctly reading an interview with Jodie Foster, who said that she watched at least two movies a day. And I'm like, but you do nothing else then. Yeah, right? that's, like, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. That's an insane amount of time. And I, I, that is when I know that actors really were a whole nother species. Mm-hmm. Because devoting three to five hours a day... And I get it. Film study when you're an actor, that that seems like a valuable job. right. That seems yeah. like a valuable career building thing to do. Mm-hmm. You absolutely should watch at least one new film a day and one old film a day to process and really develop those skills. It seems perfectly reasonable. But I'm like not this for the I rest of us. <laughs> <clears throat> so I just, yeah, this is, it's, it's, it, I don't know, it's fine. It, it is, it's fine. It's perfectly good. It's fine. It's great. It's just not my thing. And I think it was, I don't know, maybe my thing at one point in time and I'm just old and get off my lawnish now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just can't articulate what it is about this movie that just doesn't do it for me anymore. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, because this one... So, Antonio Banderas is the cat in the others, right? Right, I don't think he, he appears he's in not this even, one at all. He's not even appear in this one at all. He plays, like, the Zorro cat. Yeah. Who? Puss in, oh, no, Puss in Puss Boots. Puss in Boots. Yeah. Puss in Boots who is potentially the best character introduced in the sequels. Well, he got his own movie. He did get his own movie. I mean, because that cat-eyed stare is pretty amazing. And a series on Netflix, (laughs) Netflix. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's not a bad story, and it's not a bad sequence. It's just, I don't know, not my bag, baby. To quote Mike Myers from a different series. And the lesson is there, mm-hmm. like, don't judge a book by its cover, blah, 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 but, meh, meh, meh. I mean, my kid's seen it once and doesn't really ever talk about it or want to see it. No, like, the hallmark of a film with staying power for us is one that gets requested mm-hmm. again. And I said, we're going to watch Shrek. And they went, "Eh, okay. Yep. And it just, it never comes up again past Mm -hmm. the first initial viewing. And that, I think, is maybe, I'll be honest, 95% of those movies are Pixar films. Yeah. Or Disney films. Yeah. But. I would say that the thing that I've been surprised to learn the most throughout this whole process has been what movies my kid really wants to watch and what kid movies my kid doesn't want to watch like the movies that he's seen that I wouldn't necessarily have watched with him but have watched with him because of this podcast mm-hmm. things like my neighbor Totoro mm-hmm. the never ending story 
those are movies I didn't think he would sit down and watch. And he loved both of them. Mm -hmm. But then there's a movie like this that I would assume it's got the gross out humor. He loves stupid jokes. Like you would think that this would be a movie he'd be asking for. And he hasn't. No. So maybe I'm just not giving my kid enough credit. Well, and I think there's some of that too. Because just generally, they sat, they watched it, they were bored. They were just as, I mean, hell, there was even the the game that we played about the nothing when right. we watched the never-ending story. Yeah. Like, even that got fun. <clears throat> but by and large, no, my kids seem to have much better taste overall than what I give them credit for. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, the good ones stick. They really, really do. When... We watched Inside Out for the first time, and I put that one off for a long time because mm-hmm. I knew it was going to do me in emotionally, mm-hmm. and it certainly did do that. We st- I don't think we've reviewed that one no, yet. No, we haven't. And it did me in for mm-hmm. a long time, that movie, but they asked about it afterwards. Right. Right? The story stayed, and Mm -hmm. we wanted to watch it again and again, and even if it wasn't uh, an over and over and over and over movie like, Mm -hmm. say, Cars or WALL-E, it still had the quality of being watchable. Right. And not only that, but memorable. So, like, for example... The scene in My Neighbor Totoro where they're riding on cat bus and, like, Uh flying over the town. Uh When we watched Song of the Sea, that was, like, one of the first things my son said. When they Uh were getting flown over everything by the um, wolf hounds. Oh, so he made the analogy to cat bus and... Right. And so I know that he's actually, like, retaining information Mm -hmm. from those movies that he's saying he wants to watch again. I mean, I'll get quotes Mm -hmm. from movies like The Incredibles and Moana. Mm -hmm. I'll get, you know, and and they'll be offhand or just interjected into conversation Mm -hmm. But, you know, he'll beat his chest and say, you're welcome. You right. know, like, yeah. those things pop up when the movie sticks around. And right. this one just doesn't. The no. song, maybe. <laughs> I have to unfortunately say that the song has made the playlist. But I think it's because it's the song, not because of the movie. Honestly. Right. Yeah. I don't think that association really appears. And it's not that it's bad. It's really, it's not. But again, it's not that, it's just not. And maybe we've just become, you and I have just become so (laughs) jaded about kids' movies these days. It's really Because we watch so many of them. Mm -hmm. And where we actually have to watch them. And it's not that, like, okay, well, this is a movie that's appropriate for my kid. And I'm going to put it on. But I'm going to be, like, in the room. But not necessarily engaged in this movie like my kid is. I don't know if maybe that's it. There's certainly been an evolution for us. And I know when, right about when we hit the year mark, we both got really burnout for a while. Really? I mean, there was a lot going on. (laughs) But that's exactly the thing. 
we hit the year mark right around the same time that Corona hit. Mm -hmm. So it's all kind of tied up and intertwined for us in a way that I'm not sure we can readily separate. Yeah. But still, there is something now about critiquing film where I go into it. It's, it's, it's at least partially a little bit like a job. Yep. And I look at it a little bit differently. And now I have very high fucking standards yeah. for my kids' movies. Yeah. Damn it. And this one's not hitting them. Nope. <laughs> nope. Like three and a half. And that's because I, 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 I'm looking at it fondly. I'm yeah. Like, and like I'm, I'm just like generous, I'm but... actively trying to remind myself that I did enjoy this movie at one mm-hmm. point. I don't, you know, I'm looking at our list here, and I'm yeah. Like, so am I. Like, what, what, am, what, what does this deserve in comparison to other stuff? And it feels low to rank it only a three and a half. Especially given that I ranked Home Alone so high. <laughs> well, that was, remote, that was Christmas movie. That was Christmas ranking. scale. Christmas <laughs> ranking. What did we do? I what, think I have to give this like a two or two and a half. I have yeah. to put it with Despicable Me. It's just not that. Well, and that was one of the first ones we did where we really were disquieted by a lack of good story or lack of through line. And Despicable Me, there's another one. It is so... It's also DreamWorks, which Mm -hmm. I feel is noteworthy at this point in time because the minions are fucking everywhere. Mm -hmm. They've taken off on their own and have their own movie. I gave blood yesterday and I got Minions Oreos. Jesus Christ. (laughs) No, even Jesus doesn't approve of Minions <laughs> Oreos. Oh my god. I just know. <laughs> All my various and assorted gods do not approve of the Minions Oreos. <laughs> I can't even. But I, that movie was terrible. <laughs> I think I have to give this one a two and a half. Okay. I, yeah, I said three and a half earlier, and I want to be nice, but I can't. It's it's a solid three. Okay. It's a solid three. It's the best I can do. That's the best I can do, and most of that, it's like two stars plus an extra star for Eddie Murphy. That's yeah. really, that's what's <laughs> happening here for me. Because it's just, and, and maybe, have we, did we... We did How to Train Your Dragon. We liked yeah. that one. What did we rank that one? We gave How to Train Your Dragon. It was a while ago, right? Mm-hmm. We gave that a four and a four and a half. We really okay. liked the story in that one. So, <clears throat> I guess DreamWorks can do stories sometimes. Mm-hmm. Clearly, they have the capability to do story. I'm just not loving this one. It just, this one's not it for me. No. On any level, really. And, I, I, I don't know, I mean, and we didn't even really talk about Fiona and how she turns the princess paradigm mm-hmm. slightly to the left. Not, not all the way. 
But, I mean, there is some good redeeming stuff there. There yeah. really is. I just... It's, again, I don't have any problem with my kid watching this movie. Uh-uh. No, it, it's... And 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 at a young age too, honestly, mm-hmm. because they stack the they stack the humor so well. They it's stack... not all dogs go to heaven. Oh, ain't that the truth? And it, it's <clears throat> not all dogs go to heaven in that I don't want my kid to watch it, and it's not Happy Feet in that I just hate it. Right. <laughs> and I do think that the it has layers like an onion. Yeah, in like its an onion. humor. And the way that you get to peel it back, the older you get, there's deeper and deeper stuff there, Mm -hmm. which is pretty remarkable that they managed to do it. It's just not, I guess, hitting me in the right humor notes. Me too. Because we've apparently been doing this too long and our humor has evolved and (laughs) we have gotten picky. And cynical. And cynical. And there's truth to that. There is truth to that. Stuff that I used to find really, really funny does not. I'm, I'm old now. And I'm like, you got to try harder than that. I, and I think it's I'm a combination sorry. of being a year into this and 2020. Yeah. Just, it's just 2020. Um, yeah, that feels like an appropriate place to wrap, doesn't it? <laughs> So, what do we got next? Next up is Halloween season. So, we're going to do Monster House and Hocus Pocus. It'll be a great time. I am holding out for the movie after that, for Thanksgiving, when we finally get to do The Princess Bride for y'all. Which I accidentally watched instead of Shrek, because I had it in my head, that that's what we were recording today. (laughs) So I'm ready to go. In, like... Three, four weeks. Yeah, it's going to be a while before we we get... You'll you'll have to watch it at least three more times between now and then. We're going to have to, I mean, really dive into that one. It'll be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. So, okay. But, yeah, that's all we got. Um, If you would like to send us love notes, please do latchkeymovies at gmail.com or you can give us a call. That's 402-885-4875. We are still sort of kind of on Facebook and Instagram. You can reach us there. And if you have enjoyed us or stuck around through all of this track to get here, we would love it if you'd buy us some tacos. You can do that on my Kofi page, and that link is in the show notes. It's ko-fi.com slash briar. And we will see you all next time for Monster House. Talk to y'all soon. Bye. Bye.